0: This teaching comes to you from the team at Anchor Church Sydney. We hope you're blessed by it. For more teachings, resources, or info, check out our website, www.anchorchurch.com.au. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness and into His wonderful light once, You were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you then as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. And this is the word of the Lord. Amen. Well, good morning, church. How are we? Great. Good to see you all here. A big shout out to everyone who is joining us on the live stream. It is so good to see all the Southwest faces here this morning. And of course, the Anchor City regulars and any of the guests who are here today, a huge welcome. A couple of quick things before we get into the Word today. The first is a bit of an update for Anchor City. I know a number of you have been praying that we would find some midweek space. I'm very pleased to announce that God has answered that prayer. Yes, that's that's definitely worth celebrating. We have found a uh, a small commercial space on Darling Street in Balmain that someone has uh, leased to us short term at a discounted rate and it is a massive answer to prayer. So we will be Uh, signing a lease and moving into that space real soon. So keep an ear out for that. The second thing I want to announce is that coming up um, at the end of July, we are hosting an external fundraiser called Kingdom Builders. And part of that is us trying to partner with other people who would like to resource this work of church planting. So obviously we do that internally. All of our churches are putting aside 10% of our budget to go towards church planting And just so you know, we are invested financially this year with Northern Beaches and Southwest to make both of those church happen. So we do seed funding over three years, heavily invest in these church plants so they can get off the ground. But we recognize the more that we do this, the more help that we need. And so we're hoping to run an external fundraiser to raise additional funds outside of our three church communities. And if you know someone, Perhaps at work, uh, a family member, a colleague who has the gift of generosity, who would like to hear about what we are doing, then please email me. We would love to get in touch and give them an invite to that. If you would like more details, you can hit up Crystal Buckingham Jones. She will let you know more about that as well. I we just want to know, want you guys to know that this moment is a significant moment. These Sundays are significant moments for us as a church family because this is a reminder that we are a part of something bigger than just our local churches something bigger than just anchor city something bigger than just southwest something bigger than northern beaches and realistically this is a reminder that there is God is doing something incredible outside of just the anchor church sydney thing that there he is doing a work across our nation and across our globe and uh, church planning sunday kingdom Come is our moment to pause and remember and to celebrate and to look forward with hope. Uh, many of you are new as well at all of our churches. And so today you may not even realised there was another church outside of Anchor City and you've turned up to Christmas lunch and realized there were cousins you didn't even know you had. Well, welcome. Your family just got a little big, a bit bigger this morning and we want to celebrate that. Well, I'm going to pray for us as we look at 1 Peter chapter 2 this morning. So please join me as I pray. Father, we thank you that you are a God who speaks. That You're a God who gives us a vision for what it means to be your people in this world. And God, I pray this morning that you would stir our hearts and open our eyes. Lift our eyes beyond whatever we've walked in here with this morning. And give us a fresh vision of Jesus, and of what it means to be your people in this city, in this time. God, we pray. We know that you have worked in generations past, and we pray that you would please pour your spirit out and do it again. And we ask this in Jesus' strong name, and all of God's people said, amen. Amen. Well, eight years ago, almost to the day, on May 18th, eight years ago, a small group of people, about 40 of us of which Arnaldo and Kath Santiago were a part of. We launched a new church for the first time to the public called Anchor Church Sydney. We met at the PACT Centre for Emerging Artists over at uh, Erskineville there. Who, anyone in the room who was there, just, just give us a holler if you were there. There are very few people who were still there on the first day, but some of the people here today were there with 40 people full of faith. And we have seen God do an incredible work. Over the last eight years, we feel so privileged that we have been able to be a part of what God is doing in this city. And today we have about just over 400 people who would call anchor their family, both at City Southwest and Northern Beaches. We have uh, almost 20 gospel communities scattered across our city, a church spanning over 40 kilometers all the way down from Mortdale, right the way up to Brookvale and right here in Marrickville. And God is transforming lives. And behind every single one of those numbers is a person, is a bunch of you in this room. And we celebrate what God has been doing. You know, as we seek to plant churches, one of the things we always try and do is justify why. Why are we doing this? So let me just give you a quick couple of statistics. There's some research that was done a number of years ago in accordance with the NCLS and census data, and they found that over a 20-year period, from 1991 all the way up to 2011, the Australian population grew by 5 million people. It's a lot of people over 20 years. 5 million people, an increase in population. Yet over that same period of time, the net population of churches actually decreased by 1,100. By my calculations, we are closing... Six churches a month here in Australia. And yet our population, other than the last two years, our population continues to increase and grow. So what is the hope for Sydney? If we are seeing our population grow and the number of churches decrease, we desperately need new churches. But what types of new churches do we need? I want to suggest to you we do not need cooler churches. Well, we've got a bunch of cool churches. Some of our churches in this city are some of the most famous churches in the world for their coolness, right? We do not need another new hipster church, right? Meeting in a cool theater like this. As good as this is, we don't need another one of these, right? We don't need bigger churches. We have mega churches in our city. And some people would say, well, if we could just pull our resources together and have bigger churches that would have a bigger impact. We don't just need smaller churches that are more effective at building community. We don't just need fresher marketing and website updates and better social media. What we need, in fact, we don't even need just more churches, right? A, a, a bigger quantity of churches. What we need is a certain type of church. A certain type of church. And that is the church that we believe we are trying to build here at Anchor. And the type of church that we believe our city desperately needs. And it's the type of church that is being deeply formed into the image of Jesus. The type of church that cares about our apprenticeship in following on the way of Jesus. The type of church that takes holiness seriously. And at the same time, without losing our distinctive holiness, the type of church that is passionately committed to the mission of God, the type of church that wants to partner with God in seeing His glory cover the face of the earth as the waters cover the sea. That is the type of church that our city desperately needs. And it's the type of church that we get a picture of in 1 Peter. As we dive into 1 Peter chapter 2 there, I just want to remind us of a little bit of a context of the letter, Because the vision that Peter gives for the people of God is that we are simultaneously called out of the world. Right? That we are a holy, distinct, set apart people. And at the same time, we are sent back into the culture, sent back into the world to fulfill the mission of God. And it's really important that we understand that those two things are true at the same time. You see, if we are simply called out, if we are simply a holy, distinct people without being sent back in, then we simply remain like this monastic little holy huddle. And if we are sent back in too without our distinctive holiness set apartness, then we are just like the world around us. No, the vision that Peter gives us is a vision of a church that is both called out and sent back in too. And the phrase that Peter gives to capture that, this theological identity he gives to the church there in 1 Peter chapter 1 is that we are chosen exiles. Chosen exiles. Like our father Abraham, the original OG pilgrim. You know, God calls him out of his land and sends him on a journey, chooses him and sends him as a foreigner, a pilgrim to travel through the lands until he finally reaches his destination. Or or like... Israel, God's chosen and special people who would wander the land as exiles or even be dragged into exile in Babylon. We are chosen exiles, citizens of heaven here for the sake of the world and the needs of the world. So let's have a look at some of these identity statements. This morning, I want to focus on four identity statements that Peter gives of the church. So come back to me. Come back with me to 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9. This is what it says. But you are or you's are or y'all are, you's are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, his precious people. For what purpose? That you may declare the praises of him who calls you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy but now you have received mercy. These these beautiful images, these identity statements that Peter gives and lays on the church here, these churches scattered throughout Asia Minor are actually statements that God had already given to his people in the old covenant. These are statements from Exodus 19, verse 5 and 6, or from Isaiah 43. And what Peter is doing here is kind of like taking these old covenant identity statements and he's laying them on the new covenant people of God. I guess it's a bit like a cover song. Has anyone listened to Triple J on Friday mornings? Anyone familiar with like A version? Yeah, a couple of nods. I love Like A Version. It's great You're seeing all these artists like put their own twist on cover songs. My favorite Like A Version ever is Denzel Curry's cover of Rage Against the Machine's song, Bulls on Parade. Anyone anyone seen that? It's like unbelievable. I, w- I think it's got 11 million views on YouTube and I probably like account for a million of those views because it, it's just the raw passion. You're like, whoa, I did not know Denzel Curry had that. Like, scream inside of him, wherever that came from, from a beautiful place, as far as I'm concerned. But what what Peter is doing here, he's doing a cover song, right? Denzel Curry takes this 23 year old song and makes it relevant for a new generation of listeners. And in my opinion, that is a gift to the current generation to bring Rage Against a Machine into 2020. One person is nodding. And what Peter is doing is he's taking these old covenant identity statements and he's cover-songing them for the new covenant people of God. He's saying this is who we are. So what are they? The first is we are a chosen race. A chosen race. Now, as Peter writes, he writes to churches scattered through, all throughout Asia Minor, people from different ethnic backgrounds, Jews and Gentiles alike, Greeks and non-Greeks and he says that you are now a part of a new race not born in by your heritage your skin color your language and your background but you have been born again born again by the living and enduring word of god 1 peter chapter 1 verse 23 we are no longer australian or chinese or korean or puerto rican or south african or indonesian or scottish whatever your cultural background is, and as important as your cultural background is, the truest thing about us is that my people now are the people of God. So look around. This is your people. This is the new race of God, the people of God. And in a cultural moment that we live in of increasing racial division, the church needs to be a prophetic witness of unity. That there is something that binds the people of God together in a way that we just do not see in any other slice of community. Because we believe that the blood of Jesus makes us one. We are a new race. A chosen race. And this is your people. Secondly, we are a royal priesthood. Do you see that there? In chapter 2 verse 9, we are the king's Priests, have a look at what Peter says back in chapter 2, verse 4. As you come to Jesus, the living stone rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to Him, you also, like living stones, are being built up into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. All of these beautiful, rich old covenant images. A new temple built on the foundation, the cornerstone of Jesus, built up to be a spiritual house, the spiritual house of God, no longer by bricks and mortar, but by spiritual bricks, the people of God being built up as spiritual priests offering sacrifices to God. These are rich, old covenant images that Peter gives us. And he says that we are royal priests, a kingdom of priests. Now you might be thinking that, hearing that and thinking, hell no, I'm not a priest. Like in, in 2022, no kid says, hey, mum, dad, I think I, I want to grow up to be a priest. Actually, I, Al-Nada, did you, that was, Al-Nada was the only person that I know that ever wanted to grow up to be a priest. Like no kid in this current generation, hey, mum, dad, I want to grow up to be a priest. Because in our moment, priest is synonymous with, a, it's a dirty word. It's just synonymous with pervert or pedophile. No one wants to be a priest. And so we hear these words and it bristles against our 21st century sensibilities. But this is honestly a wonderful privilege. Because what Peter is saying here is that we get to minister in the presence of God. As priests in his temple, amongst his people, offering spiritual sacrifices. Sacrifices. You know, the priest's job, one of the jobs of the priest was to be a mediator, a go between, to bring people to God and to bring God to the people. And that is exactly what we do. We are a mediator between the people of God, between God and this world. And we bring God to the people and we bring the people to God. And that's not to say we are Jesus, but that's to say that he uses us to achieve his means, his purposes, and his ends in the world. There is no higher honor to be an ambassador of Jesus. There is no higher honor than for the church to be an outpost or embassy of the kingdom of heaven here on earth. And that is who we are. Not only are we a chosen new race, but we are royal priests. Thirdly, we are a holy nation. We are set apart. That word holy means to be called out, to be set apart, to be distinct. This is what Peter says in chapter 1, verse 14. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires that you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you, that is God, just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Holy, we are a holy, distinct, different, set apart people. I don't know if you realize this, but being a Christian is like driving the wrong way up the freeway. You ever seen those like those car chases on YouTube where people are like driving up the weaving in and out of the traffic? That's what it means to be a Christian. Or maybe a better metaphor is um it's like it's like trying to run for a train at Central during peak hour. When the train, another train has just come off, and there's like hundreds of people coming down the stairs, and you're trying to run up the stairs at Central to get on platform 17 to get to your train. That's what it's like to be a Christian. We swim against the cultural tide. We live to a different beat. We are God's people, and we are distinctly different. We are holy. We are holy. And our holiness is not that we are culturally irrelevant. But our holiness is one of moral, ethical character. Our holiness is one of generosity. Our holiness is one of love. Our holiness is of one of the we care about the things that God cares about. We're different to this world. In my generation, we were called Jesus freaks. Because that that was cool when I, you know, when in the mid-90s, when I was a teenager, it was cool to be a Jesus freak. We're different. Fourthly, we are God's special possession. We are so precious to God that according to Peter in, in chapter 1, verse 18, that God has redeemed us not with perishable things like gold and silver and money and jewels, but He has made us his by giving the most precious thing that he had, his son, to make us his to purchase us back. That means that we matter. And man, if we, if we got that reality, that God looks at us and sees us as precious and dearly loved, man, that would change everything about who we are as God's people. Church, you matter to God. You matter. We are precious. We are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy, distinct nation, and God's special possessions. But for what purpose? For this. Have a look at chapter 1, verse 9. Come back to me. Come back with me. Chapter, 1, chapter 2, verse 9, sorry. But you are a chosen race, a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Why? that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles, as strangers, as pilgrims, to abstain from the sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans. Though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day He visits us. It's out of the overflow of what God has done for us that we cannot help but declare the praises and goodness and graces and mercy of our God. Because what Peter is saying here is this is your Exodus story. You see, like Israel, who was pulled out of slavery in Egypt, we have been. Called out of the kingdom of darkness. And like Israel, who has been placed into the promised land, we have been placed into the kingdom of light. Let me ask you what's the first thing that Israel did when their feet touched the dry shores of the other side of the Red Sea? What did they do? They worshiped, they sang, they lifted up the praises of God because we cannot help but do this. The great missiologist Leslie Newbingen was once lamenting the fact that mission is so often done because of the mandate. We, We participate in mission because of the mandate. We are obedient to the command of God to go. Now, that's true. But is there another motivation that stirs us towards mission? And this is what Leslie Newbingen says. Beautiful words. He says, The church's mission began... Get this, as the radioactive fallout from an explosion of joy. Mission is an acted out doxology. That's, mission is an acted out worship of praise, of glory to God. That is its deepest secret. Its purpose is that God may be glorified. You ever wondered why, like, you know, Jesus has forgiven our sins? What do we do between that moment and the moment that Jesus returns to us in his kingdom? Like, we just sitting here, twiddling our thumbs, waiting for heaven, waiting for the king. Is that what we're about? No, Peter says that we're called into this beautiful participation with what God is doing in the world. That we now are instrument, a sign and instrument of the kingdom of heaven on earth. That we live as living signposts, our lives, our extraordinary lives on display for all to see. You know, the beautiful thing about what we are doing in planting church is that we play a small part in the kingdom of heaven invading earth and pushing back the darkness and seeing the good news of Jesus demonstrated and declared across our city. And all of that happens through seemingly small and insignificant communities of Jesus' people like Anchor Church, like Anchor City and Anchor Southwest and Anchor Northern Beaches. And it's by the tone and nature of our lives that we'll point people to Jesus because that's what they need. Our city desperately needs an encounter with the love of God, with Jesus So why do we do this? Why do we plant churches? Why do we make the sacrifices that we do? Why do we send some of our best? Why do we pour all of our money into this? Well, we do this because this is who we are. Jesus hasn't called us to simply retreat from the world into the safe, holy huddle of Christian community. He has called us out and he has sent us back in. We are simultaneously the priesthood of God, ministering to the nations and God's holy nation, distinct, set apart and separate. We are in the world for the sake of the world. And there is no higher calling to be the faithful people of God, the holy, distinct people of God in the world for the sake of our nation and for the sake of the nations. Because the church, the messy people of God. In fact, we are God's masterpiece of grace. The world ought to look at us and see our lives and see our community and see the way that we are generous and see our love and see our suffering and say there is something different about these people. In fact, Paul will say in Ephesians 3:10 that God has chosen to make his manifold wisdom known to the principalities and powers through the church, that's a staggering reality that God has chosen to display His wisdom, to display His creative grace working itself out in the world through seemingly small and insignificant communities like ours. What, what What a privilege to be a part of what God is doing in the world. You know what Sydney desperately needs is not just more church. We don't just need to crank the raw numbers up. and we, just, we need a certain type of church. The type of church that is sent into the world, not to mirror and mimic and copy the world around us, but to be a distinctly holy, set apart, different people that the world will look at and go, aha, that's what it means. Leslie Newbigin calls the church the hermeneutic of the gospel. The gospel with legs on it. The people of God as a living signpost towards the kingdom. And you might be thinking, well, what? I mean, I'm not going to be Al I'm not going to be a James Dawson, but I want to suggest to you, you have a part to play. You have a part to play, a faithful presence of the love of God in your workplace, your life, as a signpost, a witness of the coming Kingdom of God, as you suffer differently to the people around you, as you posture yourself differently in politics, as you think differently, about the world around us, as you act in love and generosity and grace, as you refuse to participate in the gossip of the office and the slander of those around you, as we live such radically different, phenomenal lives to those around us that they lean in and say, what is different about this people? You have a part to play. We are all, all called into God's mission. In that sense, we are all church planters. And God is doing this, not just here in our church, but across our world. God is doing this in Pastor Yoshi's church in Fuchu City in Tokyo, where they are ministering to a part of the population, particularly young men, where the suicide rate is astronomically high, particularly after job loss, particularly after marriage breakdown, the suicide rate for men in Tokyo is crazy. And Soma Fuchu is there, being an outpost and embassy of the kingdom of God. It's happening in Pretoria in South Africa, which was once the heart of segregation and separation in Pretoria. And Rooted Fellowship is there, led by Pastor Onair and his team there. And they are seeking to be a transcultural people of God, no longer defined by black or white but bound together by the blood of Jesus in a city that was so divided racially, they are an embassy and outpost of the kingdom of God. It's happening in Harlem, in New York City, as Jason and Jothi James have planted New Hope Fellowship there. And they've told us that during COVID, a number of the small businesses in there five block radius where they've been meeting struggled and so their church reached out to bless those businesses in their local community and help them through a global pandemic. It's happening in City on a Hill, Wollongong, as Joel and Emma Deacon and the team there are a prophetic critique of what the good life is in one of Australia's most beautiful cities on the beach in Wollongong. It's happening in Wasilla, Alaska, as Wasilla Bible Church seeks to partner with church planting work across all of the continents of the world and are partnered with us here in Sydney, Australia, as they financially support and prayerfully support both Anchor Southwest and Northern Beaches. And it's happening right here at Anchor City and at Anchor Southwest. And it's gonna happen at Anchor Northern Beaches when they open their doors on July 17th as well. God is at work. He is building His church and we all get to be a part of it as we live radically distinct, wholly different lives in the world for the sake of the world and for the fame, beauty, glory and honour of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for us as the band comes up to lead us in worship. Father, we thank You that we get to play a small part in this corner of the city and what You are doing here. But we rejoice in that. We thank you for it. We praise you for it. We thank you that we are your royal priesthood sent out into this world to bring the good news and the good deeds of the kingdom of God to bear on a world that so desperately needs it. God, we thank you that we are a holy nation called to be distinct and different, set apart. Help us to do that. God, we thank you that you have called us out and sent us back in. And I pray that you would help us to be the type of church that this city so desperately needs. Fill us with your spirit. Strengthen us for this purpose. We ask this in the strong name of Jesus. And all of God's people said... Amen, amen, amen.